want to deal with this. October, I'm going to do the series, but today I, I want to I deal with this topic of that you were made for more. You were made for more. You were made for more. Somebody say, I was made for more. Right? You were made for more. Uh, many times in, 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 in our lives, we, we kind of live at the status quo, but, but when we look at the Bible, you realize that we were made for more. Right? You were made for more. And I want to encourage somebody's heart today not to get stuck where you are, but to push forth to where God called you to be and what he's called you to do. I want to look at the scripture in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, uh, verse number uh, 4 through 6 out of the Message Bible. And you can write it down or take a picture, whatever, whatever's easier for you. And he said this, he says, long before he laid down earth's foundation, this is how important you are to God, this is awesome. Long before you, he laid down earth's foundation, watch this, he had us in mind. Man, that's, that's, Dana, when I read that, I got, I got, I got really excited. Think about how great the earth is. Think about the trees. Think about all the planning, the systems that are in the earth and how great it is, how complex that it is. Think about the fact that scientists are still trying to figure out things about the earth Lorenzo, they still can't put their finger on, right? They spend trillions of dollars trying to understand how the earth operates. And God says, yeah, I know the earth is great, but before I did that, guess what I did? I thought about you. Man, I, I, I had you in mind, right? I created the earth after I thought about you because I needed to put you in a place that was as beautiful as you are. He had us in mind. Before he laid the foundation, before one tree was created, before uh, uh, the ocean, before anything, he said that he had you in mind. Had settled on us as, watch this, the focus of his love. The focus of his love. That's why I can come to church on Sundays because I am the focus of his love. Now, it, it, it's one thing to say I love you, but it's another thing where somebody says you are the focus of my love. When I think about my beautiful wife, who's here today, uh, she is constantly the focus of my love, right? I, I, I put a lot of attention to make sure that this relationship works. Why? Because she's the focus of my love. When you are focused on something that you love, it makes a difference. He says that he has settled us as the focus of his love. So no matter what you hear today, God says you are the focus of his love. Man, that's, I, I mean, you talk about, th thank you, Eddie, you talk about poetic. It doesn't get any more poetic than that. When God says, you are the focus of my love. Before I thought about a tree, a bird, a lion, a bear, anything else, I thought about you. You were in my mind. You were in my heart. You were the focus of my love. He says, to be made whole and holy by his love long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us, watch this, to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving. His lavish gift giving. By the hand of his beloved son. So everyone has a gift. Somebody say that. Everyone has a gift. You say, well, I don't have any gift. Everyone has a gift. Right? And, and, and what we want to do at RCC is help you discover what that gift is. 
everyone has a gift. And once you discover it, we want you operating in that gift. Because the world is better when you are operating in your gift. Could you imagine if everybody in this room was operating in their God-given gift? Right? Not, not, not their money-hungry gift. <laughs> right? Not, not a gift that serves me. Not a gift that's about me, myself, and I. But, but a gift that's about serving people, making the world a better place. Could you imagine if everyone was operating in their God-given gift? How much better the world would be people in their God-given gift. Look at this scripture uh, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 15 through 16. It says, no prolonged emphases among us, please. He says, I expect you to be a baby for a little while, but not forever. I can preach that all by itself. That's a whole other message, right? I, I, <laughs> the girl's laughing, right? I, I, I expect you to be a baby for a little while. I always tell the, uh, those who are leaders, I say, uh, uh, I expect you to be a baby not just for a little while, but after some point, once I say it, then I can put a demand on what I say. Right? Because I have an expectation once you say it. He says, uh, we'll not tolerate babes in the, wo- in the woods, small children who are an easy uh, mark for imposters. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love. So God wants you to grow up, right? Because you can't operate in your gift in a child mindset. You must grow so that you can grow in your gift. Like Christ in everything, he says, we take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath, his very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that, here we go, we will grow up healthy in God and robust in love. So God wants you to be healthy in him and robust in love. Healthy, and I want you to ask yourself this question, am I a healthy Christian? Am I a healthy Christian? Am I a healthy Christian? When people see me, you can look at somebody, and I went out, I was in New York last night, and I was uh, preaching at a church, and um, there was, uh, they had, they were given an award, and they had a speaker that got up before me, and he got up, and this, this guy was really big. And uh, he hadn't seen me in years, years. So he says, uh, now I was, I think I I was probably in my early 20s the last time he saw me. I've been preaching forever. And he says, he says, look like we're about the same size. I said, I looked at him and said, no, we're not the same size. I'm a whole lot healthier (laughs) than you you are. And I looked at Pastor Rick, he started laughing. I says, I ain't that guy's size. Tell me the truth now, right? So he said, no, you're nowhere near. But what, you, you can look at somebody and tell, when I look at Lorenz, we would talk about doing workouts and stuff like that. You know, uh, you can tell people who live healthy and people who don't live healthy, right? You can tell a healthy Christian and a non-healthy Christian, right? How's your love? <laughs> right? How, how, how's your love? Because at the end of the day, it's about love. He says he, God wants you to be a healthy Christian. In every area of your life, everything about you ought to be healthy. He says, grow up healthy in God, robust in love. Verse 15 says, instead, by truth spoken in love, we are to grow in every way into him. Say that, grow into every way into him. That means that God does not leave out any aspect of your life. He is concerned about everything concerning you, right? Your business, your family, your mental health. Everything about you, God is concerned. He is robust in love. I love that phrase. 
I'm going to give you three keys in a minute, but look at this 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 7. Now God gives us many kinds of special abilities. Talk about those gifts, right? We want to get those gifts developed because what? There's more for you to do. There's more for you to do. And I want to, I, I want to really provoke you to operate in the more. As we begin to uh, bring this year to a close and enter into another year soon, I can't believe like the year is like almost done. It was 50 degrees this morning. Last week it was like 90 degrees, Sister Gail. You know, I'm sweating, taking two steps last week. Today I have a jacket on. I'm cold. You know, it's all over the place, right? So this year is almost done. We're in September already. You got October, November, and I don't even count December because we're already in January when December hits, right? It's almost done. It's finished. This year I want you to think, how can I be more? How can I give more? How can I love more? How can I be more Christ-like? What can I do to get to the more? It says, operate in my gifts. But it is the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. Verse 5, there are different kinds of services to God, but it is the same Lord we are serving. Here it is. There are many ways in which God works in our lives. There are many ways in which God works. That's the beauty about the body of Christ. I can't do what Brother Ben does, and Brother Ben can't do what I do. That's what makes us need each other. I can't do what Big Mike does. Man, Mike, Big Mike, thank God, put your hand together. Big Mike has been hanging around with us. Uh, Big Mike is awesome at what he does. I, I, I can't do what Big Mike does, and I don't think Big Mike would ever want to get up here and preach and do what I do, right? Uh, it's, but, but, but why? Because he works many ways in which God works in our lives. And he purposely doesn't make one person everything because then we won't need each other. Ah, come on. He purposely makes sure that I can't do everything, that even though you feel like sometimes you want to do everything, you, he makes it so you can't do everything so that I can need you and you can need me. So we need one another. We need each other. I need your gift. You need my gift, right? I have something you need. You have something I need. And that's how we build community. He says in verse number 7, he says, the Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of, here we go, helping the entire church. So your gift is not just to help you, it's to help the whole body. You have a gift that has the capacity to help the body of Christ. I'm going to say it again. You have a gift that has the capacity to help the body of Christ. What an awesome thing. Your gift is not so you can get your paycheck on Friday. That's awesome. He says, but you have a gift that has the ability to help the entire church. Are you a healthy Christian, right? So there's three things I want you to look at. I want you to write this down. And I'll say this. My gifting first requires activation. My gifting first requires activation. My gifting first requires activation. The scripture right here in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, and 17 through, uh, 15 through 17, he says, But Daniel determined in his heart that he would not defile himself by eating the portion of the king's uh, rich and dainty food or by drinking the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might be allowed not to defile himself. It says in verse number 15, And at the end of 10 days it was seen that they were looking better and had taken more flesh and all the use who had eight of the king's uh, rich dainties. Uh, so the steward took away their rich dainties and the wine that they were drinking and gave it vegetables. 
Verse 17, and of these for use, for use, God gave them, here it is, knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all kinds of visions and kinds of dreams. And it mattered, and, and all matters of wisdom and understanding concerning which the king asked him, he found them, here it goes, ten times. Man, that's awesome. Now, what, I mean, and, and this is awesome. Daniel had the gift in him. Right? But when he began to turn down his plate and make sacrifice, his gift became activated. When he was willing to use his gift for someone else other than himself, it got activated. When he was willing to use his gift to serve humanity, it got activated. And watch this, Sister Chris. He was ten times better than everybody else. Man, could you imagine going to work and you're ten times smarter than your colleagues? I'm trying to hit it home to you because you say church, they're like, yeah, yeah. But I say money, you know, work, they're like, oh, yeah, I like that. Right? Ten, ten, ten times, they were ten times better than everybody else. Watch this. And he didn't go to a different, he didn't go to a better school. He didn't do, do anything different. All he did was yield his gift to God. And what God is telling you is I can make you ten times better if you just give back to me what I gave to you. <laughs> I'm almost done. If you could give back to me. What I gave to you, I'll make it better. If, if, if you could give me that gift and give me you and everything there is, I promise that what I give you back will be ten times better. And I feel God saying, for those who can receive this, I'm going to give you a ten times anointing in your life from this day forward. If you can really grab this, if you can really digest this, come on somebody. He says, there's an anointing that I can give you, make you ten times better. And people are not going to understand it. But they don't understand that you gave God what he gave you. You gave it back and he gave it to you ten times better. I'm not talking about 10% increase. I'm talking about 10 times. Gosh. I'll be happy making me 10% better, God. If I can be 10% better, I'm great. He says, I'm not going to make you 10% better. I'm going to make you 10 times better. I'm going to make you business smart 10 times. I'm going to make your skill 10 times. I'm going to give you the ability to solve problems 10 times better than what everybody else does. He says, hey, I want to activate your gift, and I'm going to activate and give you 10 times what everybody else does. Somebody say 10 times. Ten times. Come on, say, I received the 10 times. Number two, my gift requires opportunity. Once your gift is activated, it requires opportunity. Right? I don't care how skilled you are playing an instrument, you need to be, you need an instrument to play. <laughs> right? Doesn't make it different. Well, I'm great at it. Well, you need an instrument. Let's, you need opportunity. Right? Some people just need, I think about, uh, uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still a Giants fan. Power to the Giants. I know, I know, I know th thank you. They got one Giants fan here. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I love watching the Eagles. I love watching the Eagles. I love watching the Eagles. All right. All right. Working on it. <laughs> right. I, I, love, I love watching the Eagles. And you think about, you think about when Wits got hurt and Foles came in, uh, he just needed an opportunity. He was already who he was, but he just needed an opportunity. And the opportunity allowed what was already activated to be displayed. Gosh. There's some opportunity that God's going to send your way this coming week. Because once he activates, now he has to give an opportunity for you to use what he activates. 
That's how great he is. So he said, I'm not going to make you ten times better so you can feel better about yourself. I'm going to make you ten times better so we can give you an opportunity. This scripture here that references that is in 1 Kings where Solomon, I'm not going to read the whole thing, that Solomon asked God for an understanding mind in verse number 9. Or we call it wisdom. Wisdom. He was the smartest man, the wisest man, the Bible says, that ever lived was Solomon. But watch, after he asked for wisdom, there was a situation that came up. Two women had come up before him, and one, one mother said, that's my child. Another mother said, that's my child. And here it is. Watch this. He asked for wisdom in verse 7. Verse 16, there's an opportunity to activate what he asked for. Wow. Be careful what you ask for. God, I thank you for patience. Great. I'm going to give you patience, but I need to activate that patience. Have you ever got a new phone? They give you the phone, but the phone has to be what? Activated. Come on. Because if you don't activate it, I don't care how great the phone is, without activation, you just got a nice looking phone. But the phone's not useful until it's activated. It has all the programming systems in there. Come on. It, it has everything you need to be more productive. But until that phone is activated, it cannot do what it's supposed to do. And I hope that RCC becomes a place of activation for you. Come on. Where, yeah, we, we know you have everything that God needs for you. But guess what? We got to activate you. So, so, so we worship to activate you. We give you the word to activate you. We go to life groups to activate you. Why? Because we don't want you just to be a nice, pretty phone. And here's the thing about phones, right? I'm an Apple kind of guy. I know everybody got Samsungs and everything, but I'm an Apple kind of guy, right? That's just how I am. But, you know, there are a lot of knockoff people that try to look like Apple. And I remember one day I went, uh, Brian, I went to buy a cord from, from, from the streets because I didn't want to spend money in the Apple store for a plug. And I went, you know, you go to the dollar store. You know, you try, come on, don't look at me like I'm cheap. Come on. Y'all y'all do that too. You know, you try to go to the cheapest place to find the cord. He's like, I'm not spending 80 bucks on a new cord. I'm not doing it. So I went down to some the five five and below place. That's where I went to. How about y'all know about five below? Come on, come on. Roll with me for me. I'm almost done. Give me 10 minutes. Roll with me. Right, right. Five below, man. I love five below, right? I just feel better when I walk out. I know it's trash I'm buying, but I feel better, right? And I went to the, I brought the five below cord, and man, I plugged it into my phone, and it worked. A week later, guess what? I plugged it in, and I'm having to play with the cord, move the cord around. T tell the kids, don't touch my phone because it's, I got it just where it is. Why? Because <laughs> someone tried to create an imitation of the real thing. They didn't want to pay the, I didn't want to pay the full price to walk and to activate for what I really needed to be done with this. God doesn't want you living with the imitation stuff. He wants you to get the real stuff. The real, aren't you tired of the imitation stuff? It's time for you to have the real stuff. You don't want it to go to Canal Street, and we call it Canal Street in New York, you know, or down in Chinatown. You get all, all the fake stuff. He says, I want you to have the real stuff, but you got to pay the price for the real stuff. Stay out of five below. Now, last one. <laughs> Stay out of there. Stay out of there. Last one. My gifting requires time. And this is the hardest thing for me to get as a pastor through people. Is that, you know, they want to be here two days, gone next three days. Be here two days, gone next four weeks. You know, my gifting requires time. A seed placed in the soil requires time. Could you imagine if a farmer put a seed in the soil and every time he kept going to dig up the seed to see what was happening, 
that seed will never take root, and what's in the seed will never come out. Can I say that again? If a farmer kept digging up the seed, that seed would never take root, and what's in the seed will never come out. He has to leave the seed in the dark for a season. I'm going to let that just sit right there. He has to leave the seed in the dark for a season. Where he can't see the seed and the seed can't see him. Gosh. Sometimes God has to leave you in the dark for a season. But he's working in the dark. Man, y'all, y'all quiet today. I know, I know y'all ready to go. I know I'm, I'm almost done. And sometimes it's dark for a season. Have you ever had any dark seasons? Okay, now finally I got, I got some, some, some pulse. Uh, <laughs> have you ever had a dark season and you're saying, God, what is going on? You feel like you can't see God and you feel like God can't see you. And I'm in the dark, but guess what? His work, he works great in the dark. Woo. Growth happens in the dark. Gosh, you can't see it, but you got to have faith. Right, for things that you can't see, you got to believe it. That seed, even though that farmer can't see it, that seed is growing in the dark. And there's some things God don't need you to see the, how, how he's putting it together. He just needs you to keep praising. What's praise? Praise allows me to water what's in the dark. Praise allows me to water what I can't see. I, I can't see it, but God, I thank you that my family is blessed. God, I know I'm going through some things right now, but God, I'm so thankful that you allowed me to be alive in the land of the living. God, I thank you. I thank you. And guess what? You keep watering that soil, Lorenz, before you know it, you're going to see something poking out of the dark. You're going to see growth coming out of the dark. That seed does its best work. In the dark. And God does his best work in the dark. Because you can't see it don't mean he's not doing it. The scripture, we're talking about time. It says in Daniel chapter 2 verse 6, the last scripture we're going to read. And the king said to them, I had a dream. And my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans and the Dividers and the, the king of Aramek, the Syrian language. O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation. And Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would set a date and give him time. And he would show the king the interpretation. Gifts take Gifts take time. If you, if, you, if you want to read a good book about time and how gifts develop over time, you need to read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, which deal with, uh, he has this philosophy that you have to put 10,000 hours into something before you become an expert or perfected at something. Malcolm Gladwell's an awesome author. Uh, people want to become wonders overnight, but greatness takes time, right? You guys are musicians. It takes Nobody heard you when you were pecking, you know, do, re, mi. That's where I'm at right now, right? Do, re, mi, fa. I, I can't even sing, right? Do, is that right? right, right. That, it starts there. But that's all part of the process so you can build on and over time. I remember the first time I preached a message. It was horrible. I mean, horrible. It was bad. Some of y'all probably saying still horrible. It was horrible. It was bad. It was horrible. 
But guess what? Over time, it gets better. Over time, you become a better orator. Why? Because gifting takes time. Becoming who God called you to be takes time. Don't let the enemy frustrate you while you're in time. Can I say that again? Don't let the enemy frustrate you while you're in time. He wants to frustrate you and discourage you while you're in time. Joseph had a dream, and it took 15 years before he went from what he dreamt to seeing it happen. 15 years. And we don't want to wait 15 days. Pastor Rick and I, and you can call your Bibles, were on our way back from New York last night. We got back about 3 o'clock this morning, and, and, and we were talking about uh, some of the previous assignments that God had given us. And we said, man, if we had not had that assignment, we would have gave up on this assignment a long time ago. Every assignment that God gives you prepares you for the next. Every assignment that God gives you prepares you for the next. Don't take it for granted. God has some great things for you, Sister B. Don't take it for granted, Sister Gail. God has some great things. Everything built. God wastes no scraps. He doesn't waste anything of our life, even the broken pieces, even the things that we cause. He takes even our mistakes and he makes them beautiful. Gosh. He takes even our flaws and he makes them beautiful. He takes our imperfections. And he makes them beautiful. I want you to put your Bibles down and stand to your feet. Because we serve a God that makes all things beautiful. And some of you may be dealing with some things and you're saying, man, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know what, what God has called me to do. I can tell you one thing, that he made you for more. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm not content with where I am. I can tell you one thing, that God has more for you. How do you know, Pastor, that he has more? Well, you're still here. You're still here. Uh, you woke up. You got health in your body. You're still here. When my eyes opened, uh, Kev, I said, God, you must have some more. E even when you didn't want to see tomorrow. Have you had some days you didn't even want to see your tomorrow? Come on, don't get deep. There are some times you don't want to see your tomorrow, but your eyes open. And if your eyes open, God's saying, I still got more. I, I, I got more in you that I need to activate. I got more in you that I need to pull out. I got more in you that I need you to give back to me so I can make it ten times better. I want you to think this week that God helped me to see the more. Help me to be the more that you called me to be and you created me to be. Help me, help me to grow in you and become everything that you have called me to become. I just feel today that God wants to do some activation. I feel it in my heart. But watch this. When we activate, we're going to pray a prayer activation in a minute. But when he activates, be ready for the opportunities. Because every activation has to express itself through opportunities. Right? You, when you first get your permit, you get your permit so you can have the opportunity to learn how to drive. I was excited when I first got my permit. I couldn't drive yet. I took a written test, and they were crazy enough to give me a permit. What, did you get the same thing happen to you? You never got behind a wheel. 
but you passed a written exam and they gave you permission. <laughs> I think about that. That's just crazy. <laughs> through, through passing a written test, you, 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 you have a permit to drive, but you can only drive with restrictions. Because what that permit does is create opportunity to use what you've been given. And God's the same way. He's going to create, he want to activate, but it's going to create opportunity for you to use what he's activate. Don't be a phone and off position. Phones are better than big computers now. They say the average cell phone back in the 60s would take rooms full of processing to do what one cell phone does these days. The efficiency of what a phone does, I don't know about you, but it's amazing. You, lose, you can lose your money, lose your car, but lose your phone, your heart starts going. Come on, y'all, 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 y'all know it's the truth. Have you ever lost your phone and panicked? I mean, I misplaced my phone one time. I was, my wife was like, you're right. I was like, no, my phone. I was like, I don't care about anything else but my phone. Why? Because my whole life is in my phone. I don't want to be a phone in off position. God said, I want to cut you in on position. I want you to lift those hands up just for a moment. I want you just, as Rob just sings another couple of verses of this song. The awesome thing about this song, it says that you fight your battles, not with natural ways, but I fight my battles in prayer. I fight my battles in worshiping God. I fight my battles in surrendering to him. And although it may look like I'm surrounded by craziness, God, I know I'm surrounded by you. Come on, God, I know that I'm surrounded by you. And he says today, as you just take these couple of moments and you just worship him, that they're gifts. The Bible says that he's given to everyone. That God wants to turn those gifts on so that he can use you for his glory. Don't settle for where you are, but reach for the more. Don't become content where you are. Reach for the more, God said. Don't, don't, don't get settled and complacent where you are. I dare you to reach for the more because you were made for more. You got to tell yourself, like Brother Barry, I was talking, you got to tell yourself, I deserve the more. Some, when's the last time you gave yourself permission to deserve more? You're so used to saying, no, thank you, no, I, I can't. No, this is your season to say, I deserve more. Man, I feel something right there. This is your season to say, I deserve more.